You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. You just got to see this uh, bit about Proverbs so that now I can do some diving in and pull out some pro tips, some Proverbs tips, some pro tips from the book of Proverbs about decision making. And I realize that uh, here we are at the end of the semester and perhaps decisions aren't on your mind, but maybe they are. Maybe you're still making decisions about where you're going to be this summer. Appointed, maybe you have a few decisions in your future. I don't know, maybe you have it all worked out. Or maybe you are still making some decisions about uh, how to manage a really challenging relationship with a friend that feels rocky. Or maybe you're making decisions about a dating relationship. Or maybe you're making decisions about college choices. Whatever it is, I'm wondering if you would like to hear some pro tips on wisdom from the book of Proverbs that have guided my life. I make a lot of, have made a lot of decisions. I make a lot of decisions. I even get paid to make decisions. So I have found that the book of Proverbs is an anchor and a companion to my life when it comes to how to make decisions. I started reading the book of Proverbs when I was 13 years old. And since then, pretty much, more or less. I mean, I'm not a perfectionist on this at all, nor should you be, but uh, I've read the proverb of the day for all of these years. So Proverbs has 31 chapters, so it matches up with the proverb of the day. So today is what? April 16, two weeks appointed, two more weeks of undergraduate life. And so today you would read Proverbs 16. And so essentially, if you read the book of Proverbs every month for the rest of your life, and don't worry if you skip even, you know, half the week, four days is it nothing, three days is it nothing, when you spread it out over a lifetime, Proverbs can become a companion, a wise friend, a guide, the word of the Holy Spirit in you that shapes and directs how to think about your life. So here are some pro tips. I'm going to go to pro tip number one, and this comes out of Proverbs chapter 16, verse 8. And some of these are really practical, and some of these are like framing how to think about decision-making for the rest of your life. And my first pro tip is that there really are very few, hardly any big decisions. Let me break that down for you for a little bit. Uh, So uh, when you think about the really big decisions of life, uh, you could probably really come up with, I mean, certainly less than 10, probably less than five. I mean, the really big decisions, what are they? I mean, perhaps maybe your major choice. I wouldn't even put your major choice in your top five big decisions. Maybe the person you marry, oh no, certainly the person you marry, if you're going to marry, that would be in the top five. Uh, Perhaps uh, your career and vocation, because uh, when you choose a major, that doesn't like put you into a narrow funnel that can never, ever be shifted. So there's not that many big decisions. But I want to even break down those big decisions even more. And I want to suggest the concept of a thousand yeses. So for instance, let's go back to that marriage idea. So certainly, um, my husband Clint did propose to me. We were outside. We were taking a picnic. Okay, we were in the Jessamine Gorge, for those of you familiar. So when we had started dating, we went to the Jessamine Gorge and hiked, I think, on one of our early dates. 
And I did something that was super out of character to me on that date, but apparently it has had lifelong... This is not a good example of... This is not a big decision. This was a whim, a whim, people. Okay, so uh, as we were out hiking, we came across this cow skull. A cow skull. <laughs> and for, it, it, it had all of its teeth in it, but it was like a dried out cow's white skull. And as we passed it, here's what I did on a whim. I reached down and I pulled one of those teeth out of the skull. I mean, I've never done something like that before or since. I don't know why I did it, but, you know, it was kind of a whim, and I just pulled that tooth out. Little did I know that my dating partner, my someday later on husband, Clint, made a little mental note of it, and he was like, this is the woman that I want to share life with, <laughs> the woman that pulls <laughs> teeth out of cow skulls. Anyway, so he told me that story, you know, later after we were married, and he still, I think, has that uh, tooth from the cow skull, that somehow that meant something to him. But anyway, we went back to that spot, uh, or nearby, and we had a picnic, and very romantically, Clint asked me to marry him, and as you can probably see by our story, I said yes. But here's what I want to suggest to you. At that moment that he asked me to marry him and I said yes, and we had this moment, perhaps one of the top five life big decisions, I want to suggest that it actually was not in that moment that big of a decision. I want to suggest that actually we had been making that decision for our entire dating and relationship through a series of a thousand yeses. So every time we spent more time together, we were like saying a little yes to each other. Every time we had some sort of conflict and we worked it through, we were saying a little yes to each other. Any time when I got to meet his family and, I, and he met my family, we were saying yes, yes, yes. When he started to look for jobs with me and we went around and like tried to determine like where I was going to work and live after graduation, we were saying yes, yes, yes. You know, there's some truth to this, or a lot of truth to this, in the book of Proverbs. It says, the human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. You see, in life, there aren't very many big decisions because there's all kinds of little decisions. And you may have in your mind the trajectory of your life, but God is very concerned about the steps, the daily things that you do to say yes to some things and no to other things. And that practice of intentionality about the small steps and the small yeses and nos that you say in life actually shape all of your decision making. So when you get into a place of making decisions for your life, you'll begin to realize that the little decisions that you have been making all along are the ones that build up to become the big decisions. I also think it's important to note that you have been preparing your whole life for your life. <laughs> Might seem obvious. <laughs> but because there are so very few big decisions where you're doing one thing and you totally make a huge decisional change to go a different direction, you have been preparing for your life all your life. So a pro tip for decision-making is notice your small decisions even more than your so-called big decisions. Your small decisions of how you're going to live your life hour by hour set the whole groundwork for wise decision-making. Pro tip number one, 
there are very few big decisions. Pro tip number two, God is not tricky. This comes from Proverbs 16, 3 and 4. All one's ways may be pure in one's own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Over the years, I've talked with many, many young adults around this conversation. I want to know God's will. What's God's will? I'm praying for God's will. I'm wondering what God's will is. I'm afraid I'm going to miss God's will. What is God's will for my life? There's so much angst over knowing God's will. And, and, and I appreciate that heart desire to follow God's will. But in pro tip number two, I want to suggest to you that God is not tricky. God does not try to hide his will from you. In fact, God is making, is very invested in your life. One of my seminary professors said, relax. God has more at stake in your future than you do. Think about that. God is actually very interested in you accomplishing your mission and purpose for life. God is actually, has, God has made himself a partner with us, even co-creators and partners in the mission of Christ. So do you think God is interested in you finding God's will? Absolutely. God is not tricky. God does not try to hide God's will from you. In fact, some good things to remember, some pro tips as you move through life in decision-making is that you can almost always, and I don't want to say always because there are some unique circumstances, but almost always you can expect what is clear and obvious and simple is more likely to be God's will than what is complex. God wants to give you the kingdom more than you want to have it. So a prayer to pray as you become a wise person is Holy Spirit, show me the motivations of my heart. Because decision-making and wisdom is all about the motivations of your heart. And that is what God weighs. So as a part of your decision-making process, whether it is a decision about a relationship, a college choice, a career, where you're going to work in summer, uh, what kind of relationship you're going to have with a strange parent, I mean, these are things that you are holding and I know because I listen to you. If you can be brutally honest with the motivations of your own heart, one thing that we like to do to ourselves in our human condition is we like to lie to ourselves, which makes no real sense. But we like to tell us, we like to narrate to ourselves a better story about who we are and what our motivations are. The more clear you can get and honest with yourself about the motivations in your own spirit, the more you invite both the Holy Spirit to shape and change those motivations, but the more that the motivations of your heart become in line with the heart of God. This is where we get into that. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. As you journey through life, in this pro tip number two, expecting that God will reveal himself to you, expecting and anticipating that God will make his way clear as you orient your heart to the things and ways of God. And what you do to do that is to practice self-examine and to practice what are the motivations and priorities in your own spirit and ask the Lord to make your priorities his priorities. When you are seeking, this is a little bit of a scary statement, but I believe it. 
when you are seeking the will of God in your life 100%, and you truly are, you're seeking it, I don't believe that you miss the will of God. Now, that doesn't mean you don't make mistakes and detours. What it means is, is that the Holy Spirit is more interested in your 100% commitment of your life and your ways to God and to being a person of God than like some tricky, like this is the ramp or that's the ramp. (laughs) You got to get off here and you're going to miss all of God's will if you do this. There are a few things that are truly outside the will of God. Sin, for sure. (laughs) But in life, as you journey more and more into relationship with God, and if it's your heart desire 100% to be in God's will, and you pray for that, the Lord will use your decisions to draw you more and more into your will. God wants His will. God wants to give you his will. Okay, okay. Uh, pro tip number three. Pro tip number three from um, Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Some translations say guard your heart, for from it flows the springs of life. So wisdom tip number three, know your influencers. So I'm guessing that most of you are on Insta or Facebook. Well, more probably not very much on Facebook, but you're on the Insta, you're on the Twitter, or who knows what you're on. <laughs> or perhaps you uh, spend some time uh, gaming and watching those like YouTube videos of like gamers, or who knows what you do. But my guess is whether it's on a screen or off of a screen, well, I, what I know is all of us are being influenced by other people. So. Lady Wisdom in the book of Proverbs knows that our hearts must be guarded because our hearts are susceptible to being influenced by things that may not be wise. If you haven't noticed, there's a lot of people and influencers trying to get your attention. And what I want you to do for this pro tip is change in your mind. Instead of the word influencers, I want you to think disciples. Because, you know, when Jesus called the disciples, Jesus said, come and see, come be with me. There was a lot of with, that word with, it's really important in the gospels. It keeps showing up because whenever the disciples show up, they are with Jesus and the authors of the, of the gospels take note of that because discipleship is being with. It's living life together It's sharing meals, it's listening to teaching, it's having conversations, it's being with Jesus. So think about who is the people that you are with. Who is influencing you? Whose whose social media do you follow? What YouTubers do you follow? What, uh, what, What people do you listen to that are celebrities or not? What friends do you listen to and spend time with? Because actually, in reality, those influencers are essentially discipling you in their ways of life. And that can be very wise or very unwise. So as you move through life, a pro tip is to be absolutely vigilant about who is discipling you, about who is influencing you. Because your heart is what you have to make decisions, and decision-making is very vital to the good life, to the life in God, to you having the very best life in Jesus. So attend to who 
is influencing you. Okay, pro tip number four. Find co-listeners, not gurus. This is from Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, plans go wrong, but with many advisors, they succeed. We were just talking about influencers a moment ago, and uh, certainly there's a lot of, and I'm using gurus, they don't necessarily call themselves gurus, but there is a lot of celebrities these days, and, and uh, some in the name of Jesus and some not in the name of Jesus. <laughs> But they want you to essentially follow their ways of thinking. And sometimes that can be really, really good. And there are people that we can be inspired by and model our lives after. And we can get their wisdom from whatever book we're reading. And uh, I, I mean, I, I just bought a book recently from somebody like that who's really thinking well. And I want to understand how that author is making decisions and choosing life. So, but when it comes to decision-making... You're going to want to make wise choices by finding people who will listen to God with you instead of depending on distant gurus. And what I mean is that there's no, there's no substitute for people that know you in your own life for you to seek counsel from. Now, this is really, really important because the people that you choose to seek counsel from are, will, will shape your life and shape your decisions. So I want to give you some things to think about. When you are asking advisors, when you're asking people to advise you, whether it's a big, a big decision, though there's very few of those, or a series of the thousand yeses, and maybe there's some bigger yeses than other yeses, you'll want to seek out advisors that can speak into your life. And here's some things. Think about people at different stages of life. So it's really wonderful to ask your roommate and your friend. They know you. They hopefully will be truth tellers. It's also good to ask that person who's 10 years ahead of you, that that person who serves as a mentor in your life who's 20 years ahead, that person who's your parent or your parent's age. Perhaps, Perhaps there's someone that's younger than you that really is listening to Jesus. But you gather these people around you and seek their wisdom and advice very intentionally. Now, you'll want to choose people that aren't intimidated by you and don't want to tell you yes because they don't want to hurt your feelings. When you find a friend or mentor that will be honest enough with you to speak real truth into your life, you want to hold on to that relationship with both hands because that will shape the rest of your life. So find co-listeners people that will listen to God with you. Now, I know that uh, in my own life, right, if I make it a decision, there's something I really, really want to do, I am tempted to find people that are going to agree with me. <laughs> I want to find that person who I'm like, yeah, 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 they, they do the same kind of thing. They're going to totally agree with me. But a wise person is going to get many advisors, is going to seek out wisdom from others who they respect and who themselves have a track, track record of the good life. If somebody in your peer group is crashing and burning, <laughs> even if they're very authentic about it, <laughs> and you really love them, they may not be the person to, to, to seek advice from, right? Look at, the, at their own wise decisions. Okay, wisdom tip number five, voice recognition. This is from Proverbs 2, 4 and 5. I wonder, um, are there some people, I know that none of us get mail anymore, but I'm guessing that if you did get a letter in the mail, 
and it was some from someone you knew very well, and there was no return address, I'm wondering who it would be that you would know them so well that you'd recognize their handwriting, even in these days when we don't send each other mail. I hope there's at least somebody in your life that you would recognize their handwriting. Or, or, or perhaps uh, in your residence hall room or your home, can you tell the difference between one person's step as they walk in and another? So my husband Clint likes to whistle, and it's, so I, I can recognize his whistle like across a crowded room. I can recognize his voice or my children's voice or my friend's voices even in the midst of a lot of people talking. I can tell who's coming in the house by the way they walk in the door and how the dog greets them. <laughs> I begin to recognize their presence and their voice. You know, it's the same way with Jesus. The more that you seek in relationship with Jesus over time, the more you will recognize his voice. So this is a pro tip of a lifetime, but uh, spiritual maturity and the good life, the good and holy life, the purposeful life, the life that you are created to live is all about being able to recognize the voice of Jesus. And, there, and the way that you recognize the voice of Jesus is to spend time with Jesus and spend time with people who know Jesus. And let me tell you, there are no shortcuts. There are none. There are no shortcuts. You cannot get to know somebody you, you, can't ex, you can't speed it up and so go from like one day to another and all of a sudden you know them super well. It takes time. You know, a few years ago at a different campus, my husband was teaching a class and one afternoon I was on campus and a student came up to me and they said, well, Clint said the most interesting thing in class and, and he proceeded to tell me what Clint had said and I, was, and I said, you know what, Clint, I, that isn't what Clint said. I think you might have gotten a little confused or maybe Clint miscommunicated it, but you got to go back and ask him about this. Now, how did I know that? How do you know that? You know that because over time, when you spend time with people, you begin to know who they are, and you recognize what they would say or what they wouldn't say. You recognize who they are. It's the same thing with Jesus. So, a wise person is going to seek after rec relationship with Jesus all the days of their life. And this is perhaps the most significant pro tip. Okay, pro tip, wisdom tip number six from the book of Proverbs, trust the path. One of my favorite spiritual practices is to walk a labyrinth. I know you probably don't know what I mean by that. A labyrinth is not a maze. A labyrinth is a, um, a tool of Christian tradition where there's a path built into the ground that is symbolic of walking into the heart of God. It's not a maze. You can't get lost. You follow the path. And as you follow the path, and it's kind of circular, it moves you into the center, which is symbolic of being in the heart of God. So it's a way of prayer walking. So I remember once I had one of those big decisions, or perhaps it wasn't that big. Perhaps it was just a little bit of a bigger one of my thousand yeses I was saying to choosing Jesus. But I was at an impasse. And I remember um, my struggle. I was walking through that path, through that labyrinth, and I was praying out to the Lord like, Lord, what's the next step? What's the next step? How can I, uh, how, can you, how, how can I grow in leadership? How can I grow in wisdom? How can I grow in maturity? Oh, oh, this is another pro tip on the side. You know, so often wisdom is not about getting a specific answer to a question or a particular issue. It is more about 
moving deeper into your relationship with Jesus. And you will learn that that is really uh, the deeper thing that's happening in our decision-making. And as I was praying, the Holy Spirit spoke to me on this prayer walk, and the Holy Spirit said, Sarah, you can trust the path. You can trust that I will bring everything into your life that you need to grow in maturity, to grow in discipleship, and to become more like me. You can trust that I am holding the path of your life. So here, the pro- the, uh, here in Proverbs, it talks about the path of the righteous, the path of the wise, the path of the good life moves us always towards Jesus. And it does grow brighter and brighter. The longer we walk with Jesus, the more we listen to his voice, the more we seek wise counsel, the more we, uh, we immerse ourselves in the Word of God, the more we can trust and grow in wisdom. Okay, so last slide. Pro tips of decision-making in Christ. Number one, remember as you turn your frame of reference, there are very few big decisions. Remember the concept of a thousand yeses. The steps of your day are as important as what you think about as being the life-shattering, earth-shattering big choices of life. Because the way that you spend the days of your life and how you choose then um, shapes your life. You're living your life now for your future life. Number two, God is not tricky. Know that God wants to show you his will. God's will is usually practical and common sense. It usually has a next step to it. For instance, I know this is an obvious answer. <laughs> Example, if you have studied Spanish all through your four years of college, you've graduated with a Spanish major, two years later, it's highly unlikely that God is going to call you to France. <laughs> God's will is usually about the steps and the thousand yeses that you have made. You can trust that the Holy Spirit would guide you. Number three, know your influencers. Be very thoughtful about who is discipling you. And remember that the people and influencers that you follow and that you allow speaking to speak into your life are essentially discipling you. You're giving them permission to shape your heart. Be intentional. Number four, find listener, co-listeners, not gurus. If you have to choose about a book about decision-making over meeting with five people who have shown by their life that they make good decisions, who are you going to choose? You're going to choose the five people who will know you. Be vulnerable enough to seek out wisdom from others. Number five, voice recognition. Remember that knowing Jesus is for the rest of your life, just like reading the book of Proverbs, just like the scriptures anchoring you and being your companion and authority for the rest of your life. The journey into Jesus is for the rest of your life. And the more that you know Jesus, the more you will recognize his voice and the more wise you will become in your decision-making. And number six, trust the path. God wants to give you the life he's created you to be. He wants to see your purpose fulfilled. He wants you to be on mission for Jesus. He wants you to have a good and beautiful and holy and fulfilled and deep life. Jesus wants to give you these things. You can trust that as you lean into wisdom, that as you walk along this path of life, the good stuff, the hard stuff, the in-between stuff, all can be used by the power of God to bring you into a place of more and more righteousness and wisdom. 
So pro tips today from the book of Proverbs. I hope that you will uh, have a practice of reading Scripture as part of your life. I was talking to a 20-something just recently, and she said, my life is really, really chaotic right now. It's really out of control. As soon as my life gets more stable, then I, I really want to have a practice of reading <laughs> and reflecting on Scripture and poetry. I was like, no, 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 no. That's not it. <laughs> That's not it. The practice of Scripture is the anchor that stabilizes the rest of your life, not the, not the other way around. It's not when you get your life in order that then you add in the practice of reading Proverbs or Psalms. But the practice of reading Proverbs, a Psalm a day, a Proverb a day, a little bit of Scripture, even a paragraph, that practice is the anchoring wisdom that then brings stability to the rest of the chaos, not the other way. That is the pro tip of Proverbs. Be in Jesus. Recognize his voice. Choose your friends wisely. Remember that the people that are influencing you are discipling your heart. So, Lord Jesus, I pray for each person here. I know that uh, they are making a thousand yeses. (laughs) They are making all sorts of decisions about the rest of their life. They are making those choices. And I ask Jesus that you would remind them that you uh, desire the good life for them, the holy life, the true life, the righteous life, the fulfilled life, the missional life. And I ask, Lord, that uh, you would draw them and give them a hunger for wisdom, such a deep hunger that it, it it, it wakes them up in the morning with a hunger to know you more, to recognize your voice. I ask that you give them a hunger for wisdom and that also that you would put one or two or three, three, Lord Jesus, wise people in their lives that can speak truth into them. Help them to know who these people are. Help them to seek it out, Jesus. Thank you, God, that, uh, that when we desire your will with our whole hearts, there's nothing you cannot redeem. There's nothing you cannot change and transform. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, we, we thank you for being here with us today. We ask that you continue to bless this community and continue to make us your people. In your name, amen. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy some, enjoy hybrid, beautiful weather.